Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Wednesday. I act as if I don't care if people dislike me, but deep down, I actually enjoy it. Hey there, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Wednesday. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Netflix Canada for giving us the opportunity to watch this series early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Now, joining me for this academic exploration on everything badass and apathetic, he's creepy, and he's kooky. He's mysterious and spooky. He's altogether ooky. He's Justin, the jovial lycanthrope, Lawrence. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. I think you got all the important lyrical parts of the theme song in, <laughs> I in think that so. name. So, I think so. so. I tried. Bravo. I tried real bravo. hard. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Justin, it's been uh, a while since you've been on uh, on anything with, uh, with the podcast. You've been gone yeah. for what feels like an entire semester. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Um, things are going great. Uh, I am a father now. Uh, mm-hmm. Have been for the last month. Uh, we welcomed our our baby girl into the world, and yeah, I've just been being a dad for the last month and just focusing on that and uh, running things behind the scenes. That's mm-hmm. for sure. You guys have been killing it. Um, but yeah, it has been a while since I've been on on a review, and uh, this show uh, I was definitely interested in it, and. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a fun little surprise. It's a good one. It's a good one. We're going to talk about it now. I called you a, a lycanthrope, and of course, yes. we do see those as just one of the groups of outcasts attending Nevermore mm-hmm. Academy in this show. But Justin, if you could pick a, a group of outcasts that you feel you align with most, uh, what would you pick? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, so you got your your lycan your lycanthropes. Yeah, you got gorgons. You got uh, you got sirens. You got vampires. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's hard to say. I I don't really know where I'd fit. I I don't know if I I would be an You're outcast. You're that much of an outcast. <laughs> I'd be that much of an outcast. I honestly wow. believe that I would be. I I don't know. I'd probably be like Eugene. Uh, okay. Whatever Eugene is. <laughs> whatever Eugene is. Yeah. Exactly. He's a magical uh, uh, beekeeping beekeeper beekeeping nerd of a kid. Yeah. Uh, I kind of pegged you as a uh, Gorgon. Um, because we see, I can't remember his name, but we see one of the Gorgons featured in the show and he's constantly wearing a beanie to cover up his, his snakes. Oh, yeah, so I feel yeah. like maybe you, you've been known to rock a beanie from time to time. I think maybe yeah. you might be a Gorgon. I live in Canada, of course, man. Duh. That's it. You gotta wear, you gotta wear a beanie in Canada to, to cover maybe up Maybe on your... appeal, maybe on looks, sure. Yeah. But I think, I think I would even, I'd still connect with Eugene more. <laughs> a little uh, bit than, more. Than okay. Else. Yeah. All right. I love it. For me, um... <laughs> I think I'd want to be a siren, not because I could manipulate people. I mean, if we're being honest, I'm usually probably the one being manipulated. But oh yeah, <laughs> but just for the ability to to be a part of uh, Nevermore Academy's choir, uh, I like my voice oh, quite yeah. a bit. So I think I could fall into that category, and then oh for sure. Imagine how many more listeners we could get. If, I know. I've right? never known anyone who who loves their voice more. <laughs> Than yourself, That's true. Uh, but I, I totally it. I could see you being on the sirens as well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you have a have a, a very distinct voice, a very yeah. booming voice, and I think a voice that people 
do listen to. There we if go. If you're listening to this podcast, you are currently listening you're under to my, the sweet. You're under yeah. my sweet spell, my voice. <laughs> yeah. I've got you under our. Yes, exactly. We're gonna. We're you know. I'm gonna tell you to watch every single podcast, YouTube video, <laughs> like the shills that we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, before we enroll in our assigned uh, homeroom, let me get you the synopsis for this show. This series is a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery charting Wednesday Adams's years as a student at Nevermore Academy, where she attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town, and solve the, mit- the murder mystery uh, that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships at Nevermore. The series cast includes Jenna Ortega, Gwendolyn Christie, Jamie McShane, Percy Hines-White, Hunter Duhan, uh, Emma Myers, uh, Joy Sunday, Naomi J. Ogawa, Musa Mustafa, Georgie Farmer, Ricky Lindholm, Victor Theodore Dorabantu, uh, and Christina Ricci, and guest stars Catherine Zeta-Jones, Luis Guzman, uh, Isaac Ordena- Ordonez, and Fred Armisen. The show is run by showrunners Alfred Goff and Miles Miller, uh, and executive produced and directed by the great Tim Burton. All eight episodes are out now on Netflix. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day of its release, which just so happens to be a Wednesday. Look, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. There, there's it's the like, marketing look, look team. Did. There you go. Uh, Justin, I think, you know, Wednesday, she'd never approve of this, but I think we should start with positives. Um, so let's talk about what they got right with this series. Right off the bat, we have to, we just have to give huge flowers to Fiona Weir for casting Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams in this show because she is absolutely murdering it in this role. She is such a badass. Like, she's a obviously. Killer. Oh, she's a killer. She's definitely a killer actress. Killer actress. She's fantastic. And obviously, Christina Ricci, who's in the show uh, Mm -hmm. as well, you know, she'll always be her version of Wednesday Adams. But this casting, to me, it's as perfect as like Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow. Like, Jenna Ortega is Wednesday Adams. And she so flawlessly just absolutely delivers. And I, I loved her in this role. I think she's. Phenomenal. Yeah, she is the strength of this show. She's the reason yeah. to check this show out, if if anything. And yes, her casting is is the equivalent to a Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, or you know Patrick Stewart as as Charles Xavier. Uh, she is defining the role uh, based on her portrayal, and she embraces everything that's come before her uh, and introduces a lot of new modern traits. Um, mm-hmm. I think like she really does find the way to balance between the overly creepy the sarcastic comedy and you know again she's just she's using all of that to define the character and you know she has mad skills as a fighter oh, uh, yeah. which was an interesting introduction and you know the fact that she actually learned how to play the cello you know good good on her because that's Absolutely. a hard instrument to learn so again i, I think she's she's a she's a force to be reckoned with in, in the acting world she's she's up and coming this is one of the reasons why the show is so successful is because of her it it is it is jenna ortega she is the she is the strength of it so much talent she's only 20 years old i'm blown away i love how the character though of wednesday in this series she i love how capable she is like you were saying with the sword fighting like she doesn't do anything half-assed she she only sees any reason of doing anything 
if she knows she can be incredible at it. And I, she doesn't waste any time. Um, and for the most part, they never, throughout the series, they never have her go against her character, which you'd think, given like the type of character Wednesday Adam, Adams is, that it could get stale throughout like an eight episode arc. No, but they they is, managed yeah. to to keep yeah. her from dropping, you know, sort of the apathetic, cold hearted, manipulating Wednesday throughout the entire series, and they they find a way to still give us character growth that's rewarding. Exactly. Within. And I think they, they're, they're so smart in the way that they sort of pace the character growth as well um, to the point where you're just kind of consistently waiting to, to, to see, you know, wh- how is she, you know, when is she going to break? Does she ever break? Uh, and for the most part, she stays true to the Wednesday Adams she's, character the entire time. Yeah, she's she's on point. The small character moments of her evolution the experience of being at, at Nevermore, um, you know, you see how it it manifests itself over the course of those eight episodes, and I think that is a gratifying payoff. It's it's not so far from her character that she's like a totally new Wednesday. It's it's the idea that opening yourself up, being vulnerable, trusting others. These are all key morals or values or lessons that can be learned from this series, and I think that that's incredibly smart given the target audience that I think they're going for but yeah as people watch her growth and development over the course of this season they'll feel like they're growing with her absolutely I I I love how she she's not there to make friends though you know like throughout pretty much the entire time and she's she manipulates her friends even if it means putting them in danger uh and I love that even when she's doing something that doesn't seem like something she'd do like like complimenting someone she does it in a way that it's just like barely a compliment. Like it's it fits her character so well. The way they wrote her, kudos to the writers on on uh, you know for her dialogue just because they were absolutely phenomenal. Um, but speaking of characters, I also you know I did enjoy the rest of the Adams family, even though we we do only see them for like a short period of time. I think they were all done pretty well. I think the highlight from the remainder of the Adams family probably for me would be Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia. Uh, I thought she was was great, and I, I liked that we got to see a little bit more of a mother-daughter relationship between her and Wednesday more than we ever have before. Of course. I think that was uh, essential for this series. But I also I, I agree with you. I love the casting that they, they, they picked for the Addams Family. I'd love to see more of them within if they do decide to do a, a season two and right. not cancel this after the first season please netflix uh, yeah yeah Jeez. exactly um but you know um i think yeah i think they all played their part um the side characters the colorful students mm-hmm. uh were also were also very very interesting i loved her roommate enid she was awesome i think she was the exact opposition to wednesday in yeah. every way that felt perfect even right down to the idea of her her love for color yeah uh, even just to see how their relationship moves wednesday through this series like that was an anchor do you know what i mean like it felt really rewarding to see them where they started and where they end up at the end of it so i really i really loved that part of it absolutely she was giving very much um like glinda the good witch vibes and yeah. i think this Luna whole show good. yeah That's luna love good as well oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. um and I, I think i got a lot of vibes of of wicked 
a lot of yep. vibes of Harry Potter. Harry um, Potter to a T. Right? A little man. bit of Veronica Mars thrown in at times, but then... I, I was thinking even Harriet the Spy. Like, okay. definitely Veronica Mars, but, yeah. like, Harriet the Spy, I thought... I, I guess Veronica Mars is is more teen dramedy of which they're going for right. with this, but, like, mixing in a whodunit m- murder mystery in a school that's very similar to Hogwarts, like, that works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the outcasts and these misfits all feeling different from one another and having this sense of almost houses but they're not really houses that's it's it, it, right. it does allow you to as you as you were mentioning at the top of the show it allows you to identify with the different outcasts and who they are and the normies you know what i mean like mm-hmm. all, like it's just i thought that i that all actually really worked as like a way to take wednesday and and evolve her beyond just being a part of the adams family but as her own character in a new world uh, that is attached to the Adams family. It proves itself to be uh, a worthy adaptation and and a worthy method of trying to tell a new story with with the character that's already in place because that character's spot on to the Wednesday Adams that you would know and love. And you take all those vibes and you you cover it with just Tim Burton <laughs> Tim Burton esque charm and, sure. and darkness that you'd expect from him. Um, you know, I, I think they I think he he's he's a master at this point with this sort of style. Yeah, his gothic yeah. aesthetic really shines here. But it's not just that. It's the combination of him and Danny Elfman's theatrical emotive themes. The combination of those two really create that gothic tone that you know and love from the Adams family. Now Burton only directed the first four episodes, mm-hmm. but the groundwork that he laid was continued beautifully into, you know, the final four episodes of, of the season. So I think it really did establish the tone, the vibe, the look, you know, right down to like the musical cues. Well, and a lot of the score was, was done by uh, someone named, a gentleman named Chris uh, Bacon, which I yeah. thought was a great name, Chris Chris Bacon. I hope his yeah. middle name starts with a P. Uh, but he, I thought the way that he works the themes from Danny Elfman into kind of more modern feeling sort of show of today. It's, yep. it, it just, it, it moves it into like this 2022 epic theme, epic strings, but then we get like, um, we still get the harpsichord riddled throughout. And then, yeah, you mentioned the, the, you know, Jenny Ortega playing the cello. There's an incredible cello performance of Painted Black, which I don't care how many times I hear that song done in like an epic version it'll never get old in terms of like just hyping me up because that moment is absolutely stellar and probably one of my favorite moments in the show uh, is just her playing the cello. Um, Yeah, the music was fantastic. But also like, you know, I I mentioned Christina Ricci earlier. Um, I thought Christina Ricci and Gwendolyn Christie are are great in the show as well. I think Christina Ricci is so opposite her original Wednesday Adams character in this, which is great because I... It, it allowed her to still stay involved with the show, but she didn't, at no point in time did she take away or distract from Jenny Ortega's Wednesday. And I think it was a really good passing of the torch moment. 100%. Her character is a mentor and she's actually a mentor yeah. to Jenna Ortega. So it's like, yeah. it, it, it feels it it feels very fitting to have Christina Ricci involved in this in the capacity that she is. It, it, it just, it's kind of tongue in cheek in, in that sense. Um, yeah, I'm, I was actually pleasantly surprised by Gwendolyn Christie. I, I, you know, outside of, of Game of Thrones and um, Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, seeing her, even though it was very short as Phasma, you know, I, I, 
I don't know if I've always loved her roles. Like I didn't. I don't think she was great in Sandman. In Sandman, no. I think, yeah, I was. I, I, unless she was just really underutilized for mm-hmm. for other reasons. But you know, here I really enjoyed her. She she definitely delivers. Uh, a very whitey tighty headmaster <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, sort of uh, demeanor that is very fitting. You know, she's her, she's a Dumbledore in her own right. And, yeah, you know what I mean. Like she she sort of has. She's that. as tall and as Dumbledore. Holy crap, well, dude! I didn't realize how tall, tall as she was. Hagrid, man. She's, she's huge. She's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, I think she was perfect. She she had that stature. She had that demeanor to her. It was intense, but it also had a regal seriousness yeah she she did a great job i want to shout out victor theodore dorabantu uh as mm-hmm. thing um i thought the way that they utilized thing in this show thing was great was awesome it was so yeah. like i never thought that i could care so much <laughs> for oh, a yeah. hand uh and yeah. and so apparently i was watching an interview with with jenna ortega before we started recording and she was saying that he was this like magician apparently that they brought on set like he's actually a magician in real life and so that's why he does all the wrist movements and hand movements and stuff and they brought him in in like a full blue suit and then he just had like a little wrist stump on his wrist and he would sometimes they would act along with him and I was like that's just that's that's so dope because I think like and and I think it also speaks to the effects on this show like there there's a lot of times where I think the effects they 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 can take you out of it and oh, yeah. and and I think even in this show there are still some moments that do kind of feel a little PS3 graphics at times. But I will <laughs> say, for Thing, they nailed it, and they had to oh, yeah. because he's a main character. Because he's a character that we're seeing really consistently, pretty much in every single episode for for sometimes even larger portions of time. They had to get that right, and I think they absolutely nailed it. Yeah, he ha- he was a character in his own right as just a hand. I loved how they leveraged him as as the sidekick, and they used him throughout the um, the the season. Um, and yeah, you have an emotional connection to him, and I, and I love that they they actually were able to do that. This is what a series can afford, though, right? There's more time yep. with these characters, more a, a sense of appreciation as, as as from even the interviews that we've done with people that talk about the difference between doing movies and 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 series it does allow you more time and, and these connections to be established through what we're watching it, you know, it's going the distance, right? That's what I loved about this series overall though, that really works is that you're still able to care about these characters based on knowing who they were. And it's not so much just about them. It's not about the Adams family anymore. No, it's about the characters of the Adams family. And yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. They expand the, the world. And I, I think that's kind of the nicest part about this being, you know, not necessarily a sequel. It's not really a reboot directly of, as you were saying, the Adams family. They can they can play with expanding this world that Wednesday is in. They can they can create Nevermore, and I love the school setting. I think it gives them so much room to play going forward and introducing us to this Academy of Outcasts. It's Harry Potter, though, it's, right? Like it's sure, it's, but but it's, but, it's but, like, it, but it doesn't it doesn't it's not so strict, and it also isn't it's not really established. Like it is establishing itself throughout our introduction in this first season. So it's great because even though it's establishing its own rules, it can still break them or, or do, you know, it sort of can, it doesn't have to like be so strict all the time. It can be a little more playful. They can bring in characters where you're like, you know, wait, they can do that. Like, I didn't know they had the, that ability, you know, the first five times that we've seen them. And then this sixth time we see them, they, they somehow got this, ability or capability um, and it doesn't it doesn't take me out of it I think we, we see these magical outcomes that th- they don't feel 
too convenient for the plot. You're just kind of like, oh, well, I'm still being introduced to this world. Uh, so it allows us to kind of be okay when when they sort of say, well, now all of a sudden the character can do this. Um, and I was, I, I usually I find that to be kind of annoying from a plot and sort of um, narrative so standpoint. You're saying, but I, you're I saying, felt like it really you're saying, worked. So you're saying that, that the show doesn't necessarily have a, a sense of plot armor. Correct. To, to, I felt that way at least. Okay. Right? Because as you I, said, I like that, yeah. it's not like we're like, this is the world of the Adams family that we, you know, with whatever right. we had before. They're they're they've got some great callbacks to that. And I think, you know, in mm. the themes and 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 they've they've used some callbacks even from a narrative standpoint that are excellently done. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I didn't at any point in time feel like Oh, you're you're breaking what was before. Um, you're just kind of creating something new. I right. think that's part of the magic of of how they can sort of apply their own style to mm-hmm. this version of the characters. And and I think setting it up in a school environment that again I'll just reference it feels like Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. It works because, like you said, you can have liberties with it. It's not as rigid and classic as as Hogwarts. It's obviously more modern private school but it still has that sort of magic whimsy to it that is similar to it a little bit darker a little bit on the spooky side and you know i think that's perfect for a teen dramedy which i think is this is 100 percent this target target audience and i, and I think this works in, in the l- list of netflix content that it might be targeted to teen dramedy this is probably one, one of the, the good ones the one of the best ones, yeah. Uh, if not the best one, yeah. Uh, from from their pool, because I know you watched Sabrina. I did not touch that. I watched uh, the first but, like two episodes of, of yeah. Chilling Adventures, and I I dropped out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know what I mean? And 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 I, I I know Riverdale, like Riverdale was pretty, you know, pretty on par with um, being very WB, like you said, uh, as or a CW, and, yeah, or CW, yeah, mm-hmm. very CW. I think it's actually syndicated on CW with. Netflix. Netflix, like the yeah. two share it. I think Netflix um, bought it or something. Yeah, probably something. Yeah. But it's it's also gotten in the weird weird territories as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, I think this this struck the right balance of being, you know, teen teen drama esque with a, a new level of maturity. You know, a little more gore, a little more darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Who Done It, the murder mystery was was good. I probably would say I would wish that they pushed it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the amount of it, it was it, for the amount it was good. I also just wanted to quickly shout out the set design. I think was oh, really the excellent. I think design so good. I, I yeah. love it. Right. I love the yeah. fact that we're not. You know, that's, they they could have that's easily Tim Burton done too. I think right. They could have easily done the the green screen everything. Uh, you know, the volume everything, if you will. But they they don't. I feel like they did a really good job. And I think the the fall weather, the very blue tones, uh, the lighting was always great, even in the darkest scenes. Like, there are so many shows that fall into those traps of of the show just looking visibly too dark, and you can't see what's going on. And I think they did a great job of sort of just being like, no, we're going to put, like, a candelabra here. We're going to put a torch here so that we can still yeah, it's, light it's our smart characters lighting. properly. I, and that's what you want from a show like this, is is something that feels authentic and rich with a, a, a tactile feel. And I think that that's very Tim Burton. I think that helps with the approach. You, you can use CGI in certain aspects, um, but for the most part, you, it needs to feel real. And the school felt very real. It, again, it had a Hogwarts vibe to it that had its own personality and character to it that was unique to the school. Absolutely. Justin, I, I'm wondering, are you ready to channel your inner, inner Wednesday uh, and and intricately point out the flaws that we noticed in well, in this show? 
yeah, considering we just spent the last 25 minutes <laughs> talking about how much we loved about it, about how we liked it, uh, yeah. you know, negatively, I think there's only a couple things. Like, again, as I alluded to, I think they could have pushed it a little bit more with going with the darkness and, mm-hmm. and the gore. Um, I think sometimes they played it safe. And maybe that is just to get a, a feel of the audience, mm-hmm. of the range of audience. I think they can show a little bit more gore and thing and a little more uh, of that that horror, but tastefully at the same time. I know Tim Burton is, is definitely not one to shy away from those things, but also wants to do it in a manner that isn't like shock and awe. It's sure. More about, it's more about the sort of theatricality and, mm-hmm. and the sort of dramatization of it and, and, and whatnot. So, and like, you know, in regards to the overall whodunit mystery, I don't know about you, but I figured it out pretty quick what was going <laughs> on and dissected it. Um, and I think that was the only problem that I really had. I think by a certain point when all the, the cards are sort of on the table, and I think this is probably more so just over the halfway mark, mm-hmm. I figured it out. I was like, okay, I, th- I think I know what's what's going on. Um, and yeah, it was down to a T exactly what i thought so wow. I, I i i was both impressed with myself but also disappointed that i was <laughs> it was that obvious that early on so i think that there could have been a little bit more in terms of orchestrating the mystery around this whole thing well maybe i'm just not good at uh solving these these mysteries because i i actually found that i i didn't quite figure it out uh, up until near the end i think maybe the 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 th- you know, sixth episode is where I started to sort of be like, oh, okay, now I see what they're doing. Um, there were there were some things that I sort of uh, figured out ahead of time, but I think they I think the show does a good enough job at sort of mm-hmm. still throwing you off. I will say, for me, and this is no fault of the the two sort of I guess male leads uh, who play Tyler and Xavier, but they were just not terribly believable in this love triangle that they set up for Wednesday. I I, I couldn't. They were weak, but I also couldn't buy them falling head over heels so quickly. Like, in the very first episode is when they establish this love triangle, like, solidly. And it's one of those those teen uh, YA, like, young adult things that they just they just had to include in the I show. Mean. And I, I don't think that aspect of the show was needed. I understand the, yeah. that that's the audience that they're going for. That's I totally get that. But give us something, give that audience something more refreshing. Like I think the series is so refreshing in its style and and the story that it's trying to tell and the characters in the world. But then you still have to put in this this love well, triangle. And I think even Wednesday yeah. Adams doesn't want to be a part of it. You know what I mean throughout, no, I, throughout the 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 show. And I I that was great, but I just didn't think it needed this this love triangle i love your point about wednesday not wanting to be a part of it because for me that's very obvious she doesn't want to be a part of this love triangle and i'm more interested with her relationship with everyone else yeah all the other kids and all the other uh uh outcasts that are are at this school and as i was mentioning before i really liked seeing her friendship and bond with enid grow so yeah I i totally agree with you i don't think this needed that love triangle and and you know the fact that as you pointed out, Wednesday almost rejects it is kind of fitting for sure. But, but then, so don't do it because for me, what bothered me the most was that it, as you were saying, it takes away from more interesting storylines. Like they kind of pushed back the, 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 you know, I think Bianca, um, Sunday joy yeah, she was great. was yeah. fantastic. And, and I yeah, think they could have, there was more of her. Exactly. I wanted more yeah. of her, but then instead we get these like white bread dudes just kind of coming in and just, being kind of boring and and i yeah and I, then there's also a character that's that's the mayor's son for yeah. the town and and like 
his story like comes in and then he just kind of falls off. And I don't know that that was the one thing as well too, is that like, maybe there was too many people, maybe there was too much that they were kind of trying to throw in that some things just kind of fell off. But at the same time, I, I was very interested in the relationship she was establishing with the students at the school. If anything, that is where your season two is coming. Right. Do you know what I mean? I if hope there's so. a season two, like that's, that's the reason why. I hope so. Like I just honestly, like it, it's just more refreshing if we just have characters that can be friends uh, for once. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need them all. Yeah, there's to... no romantic I- 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 yeah. imposition or or f- any sort of insinuation of that. It's a sort of platonic sort of thing, right? Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, because I think Bianca, you know, learning to get to see what drives her to to have to be the queen bee of the school was intriguing, mm-hmm. and then and then it kind of just they just float right over it and and, oh, and yeah. even with someone like uh, like Gwendolyn Christie's character like getting to learn more of her story and I think mm-hmm. they could have spent a little more time of it I think I think the the balance for me was was off both for the time spent with some of those characters and also I will say while I do really appreciate a 45 minute runtime for every episode I don't know if it needed to be 45 minutes long for every single mm. episode. We they, yeah. they, don't get me wrong, we get a good amount of of story, but then yeah. we also do get a, a decent amount of fluff throughout. And I think they could have either cut this down to 6 uh, episodes or even, you know, given it maybe variable runtimes based on what the story actually needed because there were some some episodes where I was kind of like there were some episodes I didn't want to end, and then there were a, a few episodes where I just kind of was like looking at my watch, just kind of being like, okay. You know, I think we binged this uh, series all the way through for to hit the, the review embargo here. I, I would suggest if you're listening to this prior to going in, watch one or two episodes a week. Pretend it's a, a syndicated, like a weekly show. Like, like watch it week to week. I think it'll feel better paced because some of these episodes are are jam-packed in in good ways and then at times they felt a little overstuffed in in bad ways the, the only reason why the 45 minutes helps is that it doesn't necessarily pigeon the series into the typical teen dramedy it gives mm-hmm. it a little bit more maturity and seriousness even though it is very much a teen drama uh given all that we've talked about um but i i agree with you i think you know the fluff that you're talking about is very much centered around that love triangle that you were yeah, referencing dude. before so i feel like if they were to cut down on that and again focus <laughs> more on the things that were working like you know the the whodunit mystery um also just the, the student mm-hmm. interactions and, and building out you know never more a little bit more i think naturally the episodes would have been shorter um and not necessarily as drawn out totally yeah well listen um i i as mature as this podcast is i don't think we need to go 45 minutes so let's get to our final thoughts on this uh, <laughs> on this series as well as your rating which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five of things fingers yeah, I don't know if there's much more I can really say. Um, you know, Jenna Ortega is the strength of this show. You know, her casting in this role is top tier. She she delivers on being the Wednesday we know and love with nuances of a new direction to take the character. And she really does uh, embrace the, 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 the kooky, uh, scary, and, and all the sarcastic... Uh, comedy that you would want. I love that her dry sense of humor does serve 
as the comedy of the series overall. I love that this this whole series tries to take Wednesday further in telling news stories. Uh, I think that's a huge win for this series. Finding a place where it can be a teen dramedy with a whodunit mystery and you throw a little Hogwarts in there, it's, it works. It, it really does work. And you have, again, Jenna Ortega as your, as your main character carrying that. It all comes together really well. I think Tim Burton did a great job setting this series up with the vibe that it needed to have, feeling gothic yet modern with its approach because it has the, the sensibility of, of TV show filming, but it has the, the world-building elements of Tim Burton. It has that gothic, dark, spooky vibe that you want. And Danny Elfman, uh, you know, designing the themes... You know, the two of them very much help set up to give this series its own characteristics and make it very unique. And I think everyone that's been a part carries that really, really well. Uh, the two showrunners, Alfred Goff and Miles Miller, their vision for this story that brings everything we know and love about the Adams family into a new generation with a focus on a key character, Wednesday. And I think they're, they, they nailed it. They, they hit it out of the park with this one. There are some shortcomings, as we were mentioning. It's not perfect, but none of it is so distracting that it takes away from the overall experience. There's a lot of positives that outweigh those negatives. So for that reason, I'm going to give this series a four out of five things, fingers. Did I say that right? <laughs> I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, I think this, this, as we were saying, is is much better than Netflix's, you know, previous series in the same same vein it's it's better it's way better than a, a chilling adventures of sabrina way better than a shadow and bone and it's especially better than riverdale holy crap um the, <laughs> the show gets its ability to craft its own world and it's a world that i was bought into so quickly uh i do wish that we spent more time with some characters and didn't have to fall into the young adult trope of a love triangle that just felt so forced um, mm -hmm. But I will say again, the world we got to spend time with and the murder mystery throughout the season was great. And it it was just all like we've been constantly championing here. It was carried by Jenna Ortega's stellar, stellar performance. Seeing her do so much with her eyes while doing so little with her face <laughs> was mm -hmm. the perfect way to keep the apathetic dark charm going throughout without it getting stale. And I think... You know, Danny Elfman's themes with with Chris Bacon and what he sort of brought and, and brought that forward uh, just added so much charm to the show. And I think it, it overall the the creepy and kooky style of Tim Burton, we get to see it here now modernized uh, into this series. I don't think they needed to make every episode 45 minutes long, as I said. But again, maybe I just feel that way because we binged it. So take your time with it. You'll probably enjoy it more if you watch it one or two episodes at a time. Uh, please watch this show because I do want a second season. Um, but with that said, I'm going to give Wednesday a very solid four out of five things fingers. And we're giving him high fours, Justin. High fours. There we go. He's he's more than go. capable of that. He's very talented. Uh, well, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free review for Wednesday. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this uh, series or any of the movies or shows we cover, well, I'm I'm gonna wolf out and I'm gonna howl at Justin to tell you how you can reach us. Ah! Okay, I I um. Uh don't even understand what just happened, but uh, <laughs> they can reach us at wearegeekcentric.gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric.gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. <sighs> 
Dude, have you ever wolfed out before? It's it's a trip, dude. Holy Clearly moly. not like you. Not like I mean, me. That is that was a that was a hard <laughs> wolf out, man. Like I, I'm I'm tired yeah. for you. You think I could get into season? Out. Maybe I can. That's my audition for season two. I think I'll send it in. I think it'll work. There you go. Yeah. Uh, keep yeah. in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest movies and shows out now, like our recent spoiler-free reviews for Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Speaking of mysteries, uh, we also uh, have a review, spoiler-free review out for Disney's Strange World, uh, Slumberland on Netflix, uh, The Santa Clauses, episodes one and two, Mickey, the story of a mouse, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Mythic Quest season three, and Zootopia Plus, and we also have a ton of interviews, like our most recent interview with the cast and crew of Disney Zootopia Plus. And real soon, you're going to see even more great interviews of maybe the um, the holiday special variety, or uh, maybe the magical adventurous variety. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> go ahead and cast a spell over to YouTube.com/slash/geekcentric to watch those interviews, uh, or just listen to them here on on your podcast service of choice. It's completely up to you. I'm totally apathetic to your decision, just like Wednesday Adams. Uh, Justin, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me for this delightfully wicked and macabre review. And as we say, love ya, peace. <laughs> <laughs>